0: Welcome back to the Recruiting Career Talent Management Podcast, Episode 3, How to Partner with an Executive Recruiter to Accelerate Your Career. Today we'll be covering this from the candidate perspective as well as if you're going to be doing some hiring. In this episode, we'll cover possible outcomes of working with a recruiter, the goals of working with a recruiter, benefits, and of course risks. We'll also cover what is an executive recruiter, A brief overview of the industry and some of the types of recruiters. And three, how to identify the right recruiter or recruiters for you. Benefits and possible outcomes. You don't have to be looking for a job. At any time, you likely fall into at least one of three categories. Not looking for a job, looking for a job, or hiring. So, if you're not looking for a job, here are some benefits. Increased market knowledge. No matter what you do you know more about the industry so talking to a recruiter can help you understand the market if you're in marketing kind of understand what other companies doing if you're in product development maybe see what your competitors are up to there's a lot of inside knowledge and insight that can be gained by speaking to people who talk to folks in the industry every day another uh, increased benefit is that you would um, not have to rely as much on a company so you'd be more secure so you're speaking to recruiters That means you know what's going on in the industry. That means if things aren't going your way, you have options. A lot of career coaches say you should have two to three pocket job uh, offers at any time. So other options are always important. You can feel more secure. You can push harder with your boss and the company. You can take more risks because you're not tied to that one job. You have options. Understand your compensation and career path. Understand if they are competitive in the market. So by talking to recruiters, you can understand if your comp and your career path are competitive with the market and kind of have an unbiased, well, somewhat unbiased view on how you're doing with your career. Another reason to talk to recruiters is networking. So keep your relationships and skills fresh. Also keep that resume fresh because you never know what could come up and you've got to have that resume ready. And it's a tool to uh, speak to recruiters as well as to apply for internal opportunities and market yourself. Um, The the, another benefit is understanding how marketable you are and what things you can do to make yourself more marketable or desirable to companies. For example, sometimes we come across folks that don't have an engineering degree but they want to be an engineer. They're actually working as an engineer at their company, but when they decide to look outside, they realize that no other companies will hire them as an engineer without an engineering degree. Wouldn't it be nice to know that so that while you are working at your job, you could go get that engineering degree and be marketable, marketable to other companies and not be stuck? So one of the main reasons to speak to recruiters is to not feel stuck. Now, if you're looking for a job, you're not feeling stuck. You're looking, feeling like you need to make a change. And the benefits there are the recruiter can help you identify new career opportunities. It's a pretty obvious one. Align opportunities with your career goals. They can help you to manage your expectations, and they can help manage complex relocations and also help you with negotiating. There's a lot more probably we could talk about this, but again, I'm trying not to make it a sales pitch for recruiters, but I think the benefits of talking to a recruiter when you're looking for a job are pretty obvious and we'll probably cover some as we go. Now when you're hiring, there's probably much more we can go into on that too, but I'll give you a couple of highlights. highlights. They can help you separate average people from the stars, so a specialized recruiter that knows your industry and knows your marketplace also knows what makes great candidates, so they can help you to identify stars. They can help make a match and find people you haven't thought of from places you don't know or haven't thought of, so they can understand your job better than you, use their knowledge of the marketplace to identify people who would fit your job. They can help you negotiate and land really great people, so that recruiters are master negotiators, the good ones are, and this is what they do, so they can help you to get that candidate who maybe wouldn't accept your job, accept your job at a compensation that's a win-win for everybody. They can also move the process faster than your internal HR group, or at least help to expedite the process. They can help you understand if your compensation is competitive. Now, I don't mean your compensation. I mean the compensation you're offering for the job. Again, can help to be a third party when you're working with HR to help understand are the HR policies, practices, and procedures in terms of compensation, speed of hiring, and candidate flow, are they competitive in the marketplace, or is there something better out there? External recruiters can also help you understand is your job attractive and how to make it more marketable to candidates. They can help you understand how to interview and select people by giving you some coaching and guidance and other value-added service that most professional recruiters will provide. And they can help support you when you're making decisions. So, again, these are experts that do this every day, and they can help you when you make decisions, uh, help weigh what's really important to you so you can come up with an objective decision and hire the right person. Now, notice I say objective. A lot of people, one of the controversies out there in the industry is people feel like recruiters are pushy and are driving their own agenda. Now, I don't think that's all recruiters because guess what? I've been a recruiter for 17 years and that's not what I do. There are many people out there, many good professional recruiters that are consultants and coaches that will help you hire the right people. Part of what we're going to talk about in a little bit is how to identify the right recruiter But one of the things that I would be looking for is somebody who would be a mentor and coach and partner to me and not a pushy person that just gets me to try to hire them. Okay, so we've covered the benefits of working with a professional recruiter. I bet you're all raring to go and know how to select the right recruiter to work with. But before we get to that, we need a little bit of an overview of the different types of recruiters out there. There's essentially four different categories of recruiters. One is staffing firms. Two is executive recruiters or middle management recruiters. Three is retained search firms. And the fourth one is corporate recruiters. So let's dive into each type so you can understand when you're on the phone who you're talking to or if you're trying to select a partner, you know where to go. So the first type, and I'm kind of, uh, um, with the exception of corporate recruiters, I'm kind of listing them in a pecking order. So there's a food chain here. So we'll start at the bottom of the food chain and we'll work our way up. So staffing firms. So staffing firms uh, probably are the one that tend to give the recruiting industry a bad name. And it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with staffing firms, is that people misunderstand the purpose of a staffing firm. So the purpose of a staffing firm is to cover high volume, typically low level recruiting. So examples of those are Apple One and Robert Half. Those would be staffing firms or as my old boss used to call them employment agency counselors. These are folks that focus on high volume, typically in the local area. They hire folks for temporary roles, contract roles. Uh, many of them focus on administration roles, so administrative assistance, Maybe even like a finance role would be a staffing job. Uh, they may not be specialized in terms of industry or function. So. Many of us have worked with them. I know when I was a new college graduate, that was the first place that I ended up um, happening into was a couple different staffing firms. And so I really didn't understand what executive recruiters do because staffing firms are not executive recruiters. The next category is executive search or middle management search, or another word that gets used is contingency search. Although contingency search is really an engagement model and not a type of search firm, uh, these terms are used interchangeably. So in order to understand executive search, middle management search, we'll start with the largest middle management search firm, which is Management Recruiters International. Um, they call themselves another name now, but MRI is an old name. Now it's, um, well, it's escaping me and it really doesn't matter, but uh, a lot of people know them as MRI. MRI actually launched the um, concept of middle management staffing in the, in the 70s with employer paid fees. and That's important to understand employers pay the fees for this and they're typically done on a contingency basis meaning the employer does not pay unless um, they hire somebody from that agent. Um, So that's a little bit about middle management search. Now what's uh, special about middle management search is it tends to be a blend of executive search or retained search and staffing. So a little bit higher volume but a lot more specialized. So Middle management recruiters or management recruiters or, or executive search firms tend to work a couple of things. One, they tend to be specialized by industry. And two, within that industry, they tend to have specialization within functions. So they are market experts. These folks spend their time, probably 50% of their time, marketing for new job orders or new open positions, so speaking to people In the industry, probably at the VP level, leaders inside companies, about what talent they want to hire. And then the other half, recruiting or speaking to individuals working in their function and industry about their career goals, what they're looking to do, or recruiting specifically for an open position. So that's how those folks spend their time. And that's um, probably for most of you, if you're an executive and listen to this podcast, the type of recruiter that you want to work for, work with, is an executive recruiter a middle management recruiter, those are the folks who are going to work the hardest for you and they're going to have the most relationships out there in your industry. Another type that you may have run across, especially if you're an executive, so VP level on up, is a retained search firm. So examples of those are Corn Ferry, Hydrogen Struggles, Russell Reynolds, Spencer Stewart, and there's a whole slew of other retained search firms. Again, retained search is not necessarily... The um, type of search they do, it's more of an engagement model, retained being they're paid upfront for the search. So they're fully paid within the first two or three months of the search, and then their job is just to fill, fill the role for the client. So they tend to focus on executive, VP on up. They typically have both industry and function-specific experts. They utilize a client relationship manager and recruiter model. So if you're ever interviewed by one of these folks, you'll probably talk to a recruiter. And then if you move to the next step, you'll probably talk to um, a partner, which is typically a client relationship manager. Um, The upside of these is they do have uh, access to some very high-level positions that don't necessarily get out on the market. But the downside is is that they typically, unless you're exactly in their niche at a VP level, um, aren't going to have a lot of time for you and not a lot of interest in doing anything with you. They're certainly not going to market you and help you to find a role that aligns with your career goals. They're more likely to be focused on their specific tasks for their clients, and they may want to maintain a relationship with you if you could potentially be a hiring manager or a person that they're going to place. But that, again, is very specialized, so most people will not benefit from, from that relationship as much as they will with that middle management recruiter relationship. Again, right tool for right job. So if you're a lower level person, an administrative person, uh, non-specialized, a staffing firm is probably the right partner for you. If you're a middle manager in a specialized function or industry, then a management recruiter or executive recruiter is the right thing for you. And then if you are a high level executive, say VP or a board member or a corporate vice president, then and only then would a retained search firm be the right partner for you in terms of enhancing your career. The final form of recruiter is quite a bit different than the other ones, and that's the corporate recruiter or talent acquisition person. That's the corporate recruiter or talent acquisition person, uh, sometimes known also as a contract recruiter. These individuals work directly for one company. If they're a contract recruiter, they may work for several. They're typically paid hourly. They're not paid a commission or a fee. They might be receiving a salary if they're a direct employee of a company. There's a lot of different models that people um, have to have talent acquisition or corporate recruiting roles. Some are independent consultants that just work for um, themselves and companies hire them to fulfill a project. Others are employees of the organization that have been there for a long time and uh, are still recruiting specifically for a function or a business unit. Um, And then yet others are a contract recruiter that works for a contract recruiting house, so a third party that is placed at a company that needs some some staffing for um, recruiting. So lots of different potential models there, and I, I don't know that it really matters, but at least you know. So the advantage of these types of folks is they do have a strong relationship with that one company. So if you happen to speak to one of these folks or they email you or contact you from LinkedIn or call you, um, which they typically don't because they're not necessarily out in the marketplace always recruiting. This job tends to respond to ads, um, monitor applications, and uh, sometimes they, you know, if they're a little more aggressive, they'll send you something on LinkedIn, and once in a while, if you get a really good one, then they might even call you. But again, you should be able to suss this out pretty quick because you say, well, what's, what's your business? What type of recruiting are you doing? And uh, they'll probably say that they're employed by an individual company. And and again, there's nothing wrong with that um, in itself. But uh, you do need to recognize that because the disadvantage is they're not networked into other companies. They typically do not know the market in which they're working as well or the function that they're working. So this relationship tends to be a little bit more transactional. So if there's a company you want to work for and a corporate recruiter is is, – managing the search or recruiting for that function. That might be someone you want to have a relationship with, but it is very company specific, not industry or function specific. Um, Another thing to remember is they're going to be a little bit less neutral um, because the company is paying them. Now with most recruiters, companies are paying them, but if you only work for one company, how neutral can you be? As a professional recruiter out there working for multiple clients, Uh, At the end of the day, I want to find a balance between my relationships with clients and my relationships with candidates. And many of my candidates are clients, meaning many of my candidates that I've placed uh, end up being leaders in organizations and hiring people. So, you know, in general, my rule is uh, just treat everybody with respect, treat everybody reasonably, um, try not to be biased, try to be neutral like the um, media, the press used to be or tries to be and uh, and really be an intermediary, and, and that's really the goal. Um, so another couple terms to know. Um, so agency tends to refer to an external search firm, an agency recruiter, um, also a recruiter that works for a staffing agency, so the bigger names uh, would be considered probably agencies. Uh, boutique search firms tend to be smaller. They might even be an individual person working from their home, um, working a desk, which is a term that recruiters use. In your industry, your function, there's nothing wrong with that, but it is interesting to understand whether they're working for an agency or they're sort of a sole proprietor. Um, And many, many great sole proprietors out there with strong relationships in niche industries, so uh, don't discount those folks. They can create a lot of value to you. Um, We talked a little bit about retained, and, and the other thing to understand if you're talking to a recruiter it's the first time is what's their relationship with the client? Is it an exclusive relationship? Or are they just working on a contingency, um, and there's many other recruiters working on that. It just kind of tells you where that person stands in the market. So um, that's just a little bit of overview of the types of recruiters. Coming up next, how to pick the right recruiter for you. Okay, now I know you guys have been waiting for this. How to pick the right recruiter for you. So we've covered some of the benefits of working with a recruiter We've also covered the types of recruiters, and now we'll talk about the right recruiter for you. So sometimes you can choose, and sometimes the job you want is being represented by a recruiter. So in in essence, you're stuck. Um, So sometimes you don't have to choose. They choose you, and that can be a really good thing, and it also can be a bad thing because, as we've said out there, there certainly are recruiters that give the recruiting business a bad name. And, um, well, if you're stuck with one of these folks, I would really think about how you can um, improve that relationship. If it's a corporate recruiter, uh, maybe speak to somebody else in the company. Um, If it's a um, contingency recruiter, then probably you don't have to work with that person because um, you're not stuck with them. If it's a retained recruiter, you, you, there tends to be less problems with the retained recruiters. It's, a, it's sort of the high, higher level in the food chain. Um, so these folks, I think, in general, are pretty polished and pretty professional. But uh, certainly there is an opportunity you might have a run-in with uh, someone that's less professional. Um, and in that case, I would uh, go to the website and look for somebody else to work with at that firm. Um, so enough about the bad parts. Um, let's say you can choose who you want to start a relationship with. Um, And yes, you should have a relationship with a recruiter. In fact, the savvy leader typically has two to three recruiters that he or she trusts that are specialized in their industry and understand their functions. And that's important, so I'm going to repeat that. The savvy leader has two to three recruiters that he or she trusts that are specialized in their industry and understand their functions. So the key areas... There's two key areas, and I'll add a third. One, specialized in your industry. Two, understand your function. So if you're in marketing, that would be a recruiter that specializes in marketing. If you're in research and development, guess what the specialization of the recruiter would be. And it's okay to ask, what, what areas are your focus? What companies have you placed with? Um, We'll talk about questions to ask in a minute, but those are a couple examples. Number three, the style and way of working that works for you. There are many personalities out there, and many may not work for you and may not be a good representation of you. So those are kind of the three things. Specialize in your industry, specialize in your function, and someone who you like and want to work with. Those are critical in terms of finding a recruiter, or recruiters that you want to have a relationship with and yes even if you're not hiring anybody you should have a relationship with two to three recruiters that specialize in your function and in your industry so that you can realize the benefits that we talked about before in terms of understanding where you are with your career, getting counseling on your career strategy, understanding how marketable you are, understanding what your alternate options are if things don't go the way you want in your organization It's important not to be reliant on a company. These days, most people spend three to five years, I'm gonna recommend seven to 10 years, at any one organization and then they move on so that they are the CEO of their own career. Folks, the days of spending 20 years at one company, getting a gold watch and retiring are gone. There are no more pensions. It is very infrequent that that happens. And it's more frequent, given the ups and downs of the employment market, that people are unexpectedly laid off. And let me tell you how that works. Many times, the people who are laid off from organizations are the long-term employees. Their salaries are higher. They're more experienced, meaning companies tend to think they are less open to doing things different or change. And so when there's layoffs in organizations, that's where they go. So don't let yourself become a statistic. Own your career. Be the manager of your career, the leader of your compensation and your development. Even if you don't want to be a leader of people, lead yourself to more satisfaction, more money, more stability, and more happiness by being in control. And it is helpful to have made two to three strategic moves in your career. Many companies will look at an employee that's been in a company for 15 or 20 years and say, can they adapt to our new culture? Can they change? Are they open to trying new things, ways of doing things, and doing new things? That's why that 7 to 10 years tends to be a good time, because it's long enough to show that you're a loyal employee, but not so long that people don't think that you'll be able to change and take on new challenges, so... It is important to architect your career and look for new things. We'll have a a, um, podcast on that, but I'll I'll get off my soapbox now and and move on. So um, back to these personalities out there and and who you might want to work with and who you might not want to work with. So um, how can you tell? That's the first question. So number one, you should ask friends or colleagues in your functional area, who are the good recruiters? Who should I know? Who should I work with? Number two, you should interview them. You should ask them questions about themselves the same way they interview you. So here's a couple examples. One, what is your area of expertise? Two, how long have you been in the business and how long have you been in this function and company? Just because someone says they've been in recruiting for 20 years doesn't mean that yesterday they were recruiting for dishwashers for the last 19 and today they became a recruiter of marketing people. So ask them. And if it smells like a duck, and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And that's an important thing. There are a lot of slick recruiters out there, but guess what? Here's the secret. They sound slick. Real, professional, honest recruiters sound like real, professional, honest recruiters. So ask them questions. The good ones will be an open book. They'll be direct with you. They'll be up front. They'll be willing to talk to you about other people you might know that that could vouch for them because guess what? They're typically well-connected, so they should know lots of people in your company. Um, Other questions to ask. Tell me about your career. So they ask you about their career, or your career. Why don't you ask them about theirs? So how long have you been in the business, and where have you worked, and what steps have you taken, and where are you at? Um, Another question to ask is, how do you like to work with individuals who aren't looking for a job? Another one is, what's your recruitment philosophy? Who are your major clients? What's the best way for us to work together? Okay, you get the point. Pick someone you feel would represent your style and who has experience.